What's up everybody? Dan, Finder Boneyard, coming at you from the uh, north facing office desk of the Parks Cavern Camping Gear Storage Areas Shipping Department. So, um, hope you guys are having a rockin' Saturday. Um, it is not Saturday yet when I'm recording this, but uh, hopefully you guys are having a good one. Um, been super busy getting things ready. Uh, big show next week, IH Parts America, Sierra Fall Rally, up there and, or down there, I guess, from here. Grass Valley, California. It is a good show. It's uh, the 5th through the 7th, Nevada County Fairgrounds. That is in California, but it's Nevada County Fairground, Grass Valley, California. It's uh, a great show, tons of great rigs, tons of stuff, uh, not a lot of vendors, so I do well, but uh, it's just a great show. Just I recommend everybody try and get to it once, twice. Uh, every year it gets bigger. I think there's like almost 100 trucks and entries show up, uh, so it's, it's pretty neat. The rigs are really nice, a lot of... Um, a lot of stuff you won't see anywhere else just because of the California environment, Nevada. And it's really close to Nevada. Uh, from the show to Lake Tahoe is like an hour, I think. So, you know, and then another hour to Reno. So you get the Nevada cruise comes in. Uh, a lot of Southern California guys come up. Uh, you know, and then of course us Oregon guys come down. So it's a good show. Uh, just to see stuff that you haven't seen before, uh, good examples of what internationals are supposed to look like, a lot of nice stock rigs, uh, so it's cool. I recommend everyone go. It's a good time, good location, and uh, it's just it's a good time. The other thing uh, I've slowly started thinking about making lists for is the birthday cruise, March 16th through the 19th, 2019. Barstow about, or I'm sorry, Bakersfield. Jeez, it's been a long day. Bakersfield, California, to wherever we end up, east, uh, Route 66. Be driving my 56 pickup, and uh, should be a good, fun time. There's no itinerary, there's no schedule, there's no nothing. It is just cruise till you whatever we stop somewhere see something interesting take photos do whatever it's gonna be fun and it's for my birthday so i don't care if nobody shows up i am doing it for me because it's my 40th and it's been on my bucket list for a long time and i'm finally gonna force myself to do it uh there's a good chance i'll be alone i don't know we'll see so i'm kind of on my own schedule Doing whatever the heck I want. So, yeah. You're welcome to join in your international vehicle. And I don't mean international powered Ford trucks or whatever. It's, you know, it needs to be a Scout or a Travel All or an international pickup. Please. Uh, so, yeah. March 16th through the 19th. 
It should be it should be a good time. I went on a recovery uh, yesterday. A good friend, recently, a recent friend, I'll say, uh, but she's becoming a good friend, uh, has been asking me over the last few weeks about various international scouts, uh, which one she wants, which are better, look, you know, looking at different listings. And she's been sending me these things and asking me my opinion on this and that and the other. And so we settled on one that was about an hour and a half south of us in Crescent and went down there and looked at it and I deemed it worthy, uh, especially the price range they were at. It was a little, they were asking 85, which was kind of high. She offered them less than that and they took it. Uh, so I don't think she, I'm not gonna say she stole it, but I'm also not gonna say she was robbed or she, you know, screwed them. I think everybody came out fairly in it so that leads me to my first topic of this show is <clears throat> what to look for when you are buying a scout 80 or 800 you have some different uh different things to look for things to look at So we're going to call this kind of a buyer's guide for your Scout 80s and 800s, especially since it's fresh in my mind. Um, I have gotten in the habit of not doing any show prep. Uh, I used to write down little notes like things I want to talk about and cover. And um, I've just kind of started to go with more what's on my mind and what's happening recently and, and just run with that. So um, sorry for you guys if this ends up being a little short. Or if it turns into a Dan's Ramble Fest, uh, it's just kind of what's going to happen. The feedback I've been getting from everyone says that they prefer <laughs> to just hear me go. So I'm just going to go and apologize later. That's how I live my life, damn it. Um, so, buyer's guide, 80s and 800s. Obviously, external rust, very first thing to look for. Rocker and the lower front quarter area because the fuel tank location and the design makes it very difficult for dirt and rocks to escape. Uh, the tire flips dirt and debris into the cavity between the fuel tank and the uh, quarter panel. And so then over 50 years, that dirt sits in there because nobody ever hoses it out and it collects moisture. Even in the desert, you know, you get, you decide to wash the thing, you get one rainstorm, whatever. That dirt gets wet and then it just sits in there and sits in there and turns into a rust paste and it will rust the lower quarter out from the inside out. So that's the number one worst area to look for. First thing you do, start tapping that area. Feel around for Bondo, look for any repair, uh, see what condition it is. Look in, stick your head in between the tire and the gas tank and see what uh, you're looking at. See what, uh, you know, is it full of dirt? Is it recently cleaned? Um, you know, what kind of shape it's in. 
The next area you want to look at for rust um, is the floors, interior floors, driver, passenger floor. The drainage system and the way that the 80s and 800s doors leaked so much allowed a lot of water to make it into the insides and the floors will rust quickly sometimes. So check the seat base, seat base area, check the uh, floor, kick panel. I mean, it's pretty obvious when they start rusting. Um, I know a lot of you East Coast guys are like rolling your eyes at me. Um, so I'm sorry. I know everything rusts everywhere out there from about, oh, I don't know, <laughs> Nebraska East is just effed. So sorry, guys. Um, this is more of a buyer's guide for solid West Coast trucks, I guess. Um, so <laughs> the, that area, the floors, the next area to check is the rear bed, uh, especially in the corners uh, where the bed meets the vertical rise of the, of the inner bedside. Check that out. That likes to rust. Starts in there. Um, and then you start moving into the smaller, more specific areas, the lower uh, leading edge of the tailgates. They like to, um, they like to rust out in that round part where it pivots, uh, inside of the doors, bottom sides of the doors. Uh, those are another one. So you open the door, look at it up from underneath. Um, and that'll tell you, you know, what's going on up there. Then, you know, that's really kind of the major stuff, the most important stuff. Open the hood, look under like the, where the brake uh, master cylinder is, that cavity in there will collect a lot of leaves and stuff. Uh, the, uh, what else is a good one? The tops, the tops like to start separating at the gutter. Uh, so some people will paint over it to try and hide the rust inside. But, you know, if you can feel up there, you'll see that the top will start separating at the pinch welds between the, the top and the sides or the crown and the sides, I guess you'd call it. Um, so, you know, those are all areas that check for rust immediately. Um, another thing I like to look for is like on the backing plates of the rear and front axle, see if there's oil leaking out of them. See if there's brake fluid coming out, you know, open the master cylinder, see what color that brake fluid is. You know, if it's all black uh, and the brakes are spongy and questionable, you just figure you're going to need bare minimum master cylinder and then, you know, flush the system. But so many times we've found that you end up needing wheel cylinders uh, the 80s and early 800s that have the two-piece axle where you have to pull the hub off because um, a drum gets stuck so often, those, the rear brakes get so neglected on those because they are so hard to do, so hard to take off uh, that most shops and most people won't do them. And so 90% of the time we pull these rear drums off and the shoes are all the way down to metal uh, just because they're too hard to get apart and nobody messed with it. So if you're going to dig into the rear end, or I'm sorry, if you're going to be looking at something to purchase and you see oil and 
or brake fluid running down the uh, inside of the backing plates, that's a good indicator you're gonna have a lot of work ahead of you. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Uh, same with the front. The fronts are a little easier to get apart, but the same thing, if it's leaking, if the truck pulls really hard one way or the other on your test drive during braking, that's an indicator that you know something's either way out of adjustment or something's really worn and uh, you know the brakes are gonna need some attention. So you know, keep that little tidbit in your back pocket for when you're making your offer. Um, grab a hold of drive shafts, wobble them around. So many times the splines are worn, the slip shaft is worn, and uh, that thing will wobble around like a jump rope. And if you're planning on daily driving it, you know that wobble will will accelerate the wear even more create vibrations it just does all kinds of havoc on stuff if it vibrates it'll wear out the rear end uh, pinion seal faster uh so you gotta watch that you don't want uh to accelerate any other wear problems um you know that's a big one the, the brake the backing plates are you know one to really look at just because they can be a telltale sign uh you know you can pull the little inspection plug there's normally a little rubber plug the oval shaped plug that will allow you access to the adjusters sometimes you can pull those off and a little flashlight you can look in there and see if everything's all greasy and oily you know you're in for in for a chore uh turn the locking hubs turn the hubs in turn the hubs out how do they move do they have marks all over them where somebody was beating them with a hammer or tried to grab it with a pair of pliers to twist it. If that's the case, you're going to have hub problems. You're going to need to rebuild those locking hubs. Um, you know, if you can, if depending on how deep you want to get into this, you know, you take, take a jack with you and jack the front end up and spin the wheels. See if you hear anything weird. See how the, the kingpins, if it's an 80 or well, 802 all the way up, the 27s and 30s all use the same closed knuckle style. But, you know, grab the tire top and bottom and wobble it around. See if those trunnion bearings are wore out. See if that knuckle's wore out. Um, you know, see how the tie rod ends are. See what the steering box feels like. Do it all with the tires off the ground so you have no friction of the ground stopping you from feeling something. Um, you know, same with the rear end. Lift the rear end up and pull that, grab that tire and pull it in and out. If you got a bunch of clunking back and forth, well then your wheel bearing, your inner, the axle bearing is going out. And on those 80s and 800s, they're, they're not a set 10 like the Scout 2, they're something different. So then it's expensive bearing. So keep that in mind. Inspect stuff like the rubber brake lines. You know, have they ever been replaced? What shape they're in? How cracked they are? How crappy the fittings look? Um, you know, what's what's their story? Um, fuel lines. You know, check that selector valve. Check your rubber lines. See how many weird filters there are. Is there an electric fuel pump installed in there? If there is, why? Really get to the bottom of that stuff. Um, Get, uh, try to get some story from the people, you know, sometimes people don't know anything and they're not, you know, very helpful. Sometimes they do and you just figure it out. 
Um, you know, once you go through that, check out the insides. See if it runs, start it up. Turn on the windshield wipers. Turn on the headlights. Try the turn signals. Any of that stuff work. Any reason why, you know, I'm always suspect when I look at these things and they have like the add-on aftermarket turn signal apparatus. Um, that's never a good, you know, it's not, it's not good. You just got to ask them why do they know why if, is it on there and does it work? If it operates everything and it works, I wouldn't be as concerned, but if it's on there and it doesn't operate stuff, then you need to, uh, investigate that some more, figure out what's going on. Stick your head under the dash. See if you can see any wiring. See if you see any burnt wiring. Uh, that's a bad sign, you know, the, the ignition switch, how does it feel? Does it clunk around real bad? Is it real stiff? Does the key fall out when you've got it in the run position? You know, look at that. If it does run and you let it idle while you're doing the, your, your checks on stuff, what do the gauges look like? How, you know, are they reading semi-accurately? Are they not reading at all? You know, check that out. Check the, uh, while it's running, check the heater. Turn the heater fan on. See if it blows. And then, you know, the heater fan, you pull it out to get hot air. And then you twist it to the right for this fan speed. Uh, you know, see, does that work? Does any of that stuff work? Flip the little defroster flipper. Does that work? Just see what works and see what doesn't work. Try the hazards. Try, you know, try various things. While it's running, stick your head under the hood. See, do you smell anything weird? Does anything look funny? Is there an exhaust tick? Is there lifter tick? Is there oil coming out of everything? Is there hoses going where hoses shouldn't be? You know, what's the what's the deal with that stuff? This stuff I'm talking about, I mean, this is basic. You know, you're looking to buy a rig. Don't just kick the tires and slam the doors a few times. Like, run the windows up and down. Open the wing windows, look for missing fasteners, look for broken keys, you know, dig through the glove box, look under the seats, look around, you know, the, I know some of these tips aren't exactly 80 and 800 specific, but you know, just look around the eighties and eight hundreds do not have fuse panels. They do not have fuse boxes. So they have inline fuses. There's five inline fuses, and then there's a circuit breaker on the back of the headlight switch, and there's a fuse built into the heater switch, uh, if I remember right. So if something doesn't work, it's either in those or it is fully broken. Uh, so, you know, it's a little bit harder to check to see what it is, but um, you'd also don't want to do free repair work on a rig that you're trying to buy, you know, cause you might not buy it and you don't want to fix a bunch of shit on it and then have them like, you know, not sell it to you. So, um, you know, keep that in mind. You can always inspect it like, Oh, the headlights don't work and you don't hear the circuit breaker click to indicate a short. So that's a good sign that there's either no power going to the switch or the switch is broken. So, but if you do hear the click of the circuit breaker, then that tells you that something is grounding out and uh, you've got problems down the line. Uh, and sometimes you don't want to tell the people that, and sometimes you do. Uh, it just depends. 
on, you know, what kind of deal you're trying to work. Um, you know, get some history from them if you can. You can't really do a VIN search on this stuff. There's no Carfax for an old scout, so you just kind of have to hope for the best. But, you know, open and close the tailgate, inspect that stuff. When you're, you know, when you're under the truck, look for frame cracks, look for broken hangers, check the spring bushings and the hardware, see how worn out all that stuff is. And, you know, use all of those little tidbits to help formulate your uh you know the offer you're gonna make and or you know maybe you guys have already bought the rig and it's in your garage and, and you're just trying to look at what the you know what you're dealing with so same thing you know dig in start going through this checklist looking around seeing what's what um you know the wiring the bulkhead connectors under the under the hood check them out make sure they're tight make sure the rats haven't chewed through anything you don't have any bare wires there's no battery cables laying on exhaust manifolds anything like that you know those are all visual things you need to look at before you even leave the guy's driveway uh or gal's driveway so the um you know now you want to take it for a test drive Put it out on the road. Start out in first, second, third. See how it shifts. Remember, most of these things, or all of them, I should say, if they have a manual, they will not have a synchronized first gear. So you should not be able to shift from second to first while you're moving. You will hear a terrible grind. So don't think that the transmission is broken. And... Um, you know, don't use that as a, you know, whatever. It's it's just the way it is. So, non-synchronized first gear. Put it through its gears. See how it feels. You know, saw the wheel back and forth in the street while you're rolling. See if you feel any clunks or looseness. Um, step on the brakes real hard. When you're going, you know, 10 miles an hour, jump on the brakes. Does it veer? Does it pull? Does it squeal? Does it do anything? You know, is all the fluid going to come pouring out? Like just, you know, make sure everything feels right. You should do all of this before you even hit the open, hit the road. Cause you don't want to be doing 35 down, you know, a side street and then clobber a kid cause he ran out in front of you and you couldn't stop because you didn't know the brakes didn't work. So, you know, do this stuff and, uh, then if that all feels good, put it on the road. If you can, try to get on a highway. Try to get on somewhere where you can put it up, upper RPMs, and you and run it kind of high. You know, first gear, rev it out to 3,500. And then second gear, 3,500. And third gear, look in your mirror for smoke. That's the thing that everybody forgets to do. They're so focused on looking forward and looking at the window and enjoying the experience of driving it. They forget to look in the mirror and see if there's a big cloud of blue smoke behind them or a big black smoke or even worse, white smoke. And black smoke is fuel. Blue smoke is oil. White smoke is water. And black smoke can be dialed out. You usually have a vacuum leak or over carbureted Blue smoke, probably looking at at least head work or motor rebuild. 
and white smoke is water in the combustion process so you either got a cracked head or val um or a head gasket problem uh, there are some rare really random shit like the um booster fails and it brake fluid gets in the booster and then the booster sucks fluid the the vacuum from the engine sucks fluid out of the booster into the combustion process and, and creates white smoke but you guys have no booster 80s and 800s are manual brakes so no booster no reason there should be any fluid in there so keep that in mind on your drive look behind you look for clouds of smoke um and again, keep checking your gauges. Make sure you got oil pressure going down the road. Make sure you got water temp. Make sure the amp meter is reading. You know, turn the headlights on, turn the signals on, and see what the amp meter does. Does it bury itself on draw? Does it tick up towards charge? See what it's doing. And then uh, put some miles on it. Take it back to the place. Take it back to the owner's house. We'll leave it idling, open the hood, see if anything looks different, anything smells different. Is there, you know, oil leaking out of anywhere? Is it dripping oil? Check the transmission and transfer case. Is, is oil leaking out? Check the backing plates again. Check the rear end. Just make sure there's no visible leaks or weirdness. If everything looks okay, then it's what it is. So, um, you know do that and should be a pretty comprehensive check out of everything and uh, you know if all that passes then you've got yourself a decent little rig but those are all things to look for you want to keep in mind while you're inspecting this 80 or 800 for purchase um, I hope this was informative. Of course, I didn't cover everything. There's, you know, there's a few other little, I don't know, basic shit that, I don't know, noises and things to listen for. But, but really, I think I covered the high points and the important stuff. Uh, and, you know, I think it gives you guys a good, a good starting point for when you're looking at a rig to buy. So, uh, thank you. I'm going to cut it off for tonight. So, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. You got Patreon. I got all the other platforms. Follow me on YouTube and Instagram and everything. I appreciate it. Appreciate the feedback. Thank you, everybody. And uh, good luck in your, in your international endeavors. And I will talk to you later. <laughs>